Hello, boys and girls. Welcome to Fireside. <laughs> Don't <laughs> waggle your eyebrows at me during the intro. God, we're never going to get one of these oh, right. I love um, it. What's the rest? A weekly podcast in which yeah. I talk with Dan. Well, Dan and I discuss what we've been up to <laughs> this week. That'll do. Okay, welcome to episode 28. We're slowly catching up on the yes. official Another Dungeon podcast. Yes. Get your heart out, Tim. I'm actually... Uh, Does he invited Tim me. Do we no. know if he listens? No, I don't think so. He listened no. to the last one because he told me I was born with FDL. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, let's address that elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm less tired tonight, although Dan has come over for our normal podcast recording time. We've just spent two hours playing uh, Manhattan Project and uh, Lanterns. So that ran a bit later than intended, but mm. that's all right. We were responsible with our beer consumption, so we are level-headed enough to do this. <laughs> we're as alert as we can be well, at this time. <laughs> at our usual level, in any case. <laughs> anyway, um, look, if you want to find us, we are part of the Podbros Network, P-O-D-B-R-O-S.com, if you want to check out their podcast. You can also give us some feedback at um, podcast at anotherdungeon.com. We've got a YouTube channel where we're now putting up videos again um, in a couple of days. Actually, this will come out on Friday. So tomorrow, the Dominion one will be up. Yes. So Is that the one on one? I can't remember. I haven't got that oh, far you just the did the, yet. Oh, right. I, was no, I, say, I thought you editing. finished the editing. No, no, no. Okay. I got up to the part where I have to superimpose the pictures of the cards on top. I don't yep. have to, but anyway, doesn't matter. Not important. It's still um, in post. Got go it. Go and check it out. We've uh, we just cracked 200,000. On, uh, on the videos, the, the, the Adventure Time Card Wars one, yeah, we're at about two hundred and sixteen thousand views. That's fantastic. So Look. about two hundred odd dislikes. So I'm gonna have to find those people. Up <laughs> the damn kill. Who them. are they? Get them what to undo it. Anyway, yeah. So check us out there, and um, yeah, if you want to buy any games, we now run um, the the Another Dungeon. The Another Dungeon website had a store, and it was an affiliate store going to Oz Game Shop. So what that means is we just got like. 1% back in player points. It was nothing, really. Yep. I think in the two years we ran it, I got about $22. Anyway, <laughs> um, I've now set up a store. I've got a mountain of stock. Um, it's called herebegames.com.au. And anyway, if you're interested, head over there and have a look. If you're in around the Wheelers Hill or uh, Lindhurst area, I even offer free delivery. So I'm going to pretend that that's a different company, and they're the official sponsors of Fireside. There you yeah? go. Yeah? Done. All right. Uh, now, this week's beer da, 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 da. is Ooh, who Garden. Who Garden? With Blanc. Who Garden? If you would do the honours, sir. You're in a Belgian um, binge, aren't you? Well, so this one's a wheat beer, which is something new for me. I do love wheat beers. Really? I yeah. don't think I have ever had one. So, anyway, uh, Who Garden White is subtly flavoured with. Oh, sorry. <coughs> Radio voice. Hogarden White is subtly flavoured with coriander and curacao. Isn't that like an orange liqueur? It's orange peel. It's what? Well, it may be an orange liqueur, but it's orange peel. Oh. It's actually 
<laughs> coriander and orange peel is what they use in this one. Right, so they've gone through I've, the... I've, I've, got the my, um, I've had my fair share of Hoo Garden. I even have the official glasses. Oh, oh well, you could have brought them over. I could have if I had known this is what ones. we're drinking. Um, orange peel. <laughs> the next one's got potato peel and... <laughs> oh, vodka! And, and zucchini ends. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, where was I? Uh, Curious pouring in a... Uh, <clears throat> Pouring in a swirly cloud of yeast with a pale yellow, almost putty colour, and a strong white head. It is intensely aromatic, with lots of lemony fruit, spices, and a hint of white chocolate. There is plenty of yeasty aroma that's quite high and floral. Mm. <laughs> Fuji! On the palate, it is very easy drinking, with plenty of spice box, nu- spice box nuances, a vaguely medicinal hint... And a crisp, fruity, refreshing style. Say, so, does that you've had a sip? I've been too busy talking like I've a tosser. I've had plenty of Hoogarten in my life, and um, it is one of my favourites. I'll have a sip in a sec. So this episode, we're actually going to uh, structure it a little bit. So we're going to make sure Dave doesn't waffle on for twenty-five minutes about FTL without actually going anywhere. It was about that. I mean, the episode before you rambled on about Monopoly Revolution, but. We, we it was sort always of new rambled topics. over to it and came back. And, yeah. yeah. So it wasn't... Uh, anyway, so it wasn't... We're adding anything. structure, folks. All right. So this week we're going to be talking about Small World Underground, Star Trek Panic, Sushi Go Party, and Discworld Ankh Mopok. That's episode 28. So... Done. Hope you enjoyed it, folks. Oh, we've got, to, we've got to do the talking. Oh, you're yeah. hilarious. Oh, I'm now highly I know why I invite you here. Cheers. Spot on. <laughs> um, all right, first thing, Small World Underground. Mm. So we finally played it. So this is a game I have wanted for a long time. I'm a huge fan of... Oh, look at us both. We lean back in the chair, cross our legs, oh, now we're in, get into the chat position. Now we're in, in pulpit mode. Talk me through this, though. Oh, shit, that's nice. <laughs> Fruity the beer, and the beer, uh, not white the game. chocolate. The game's uh, great, but yeah, Dave was just enjoying the beer. Alright, so Small World, for those who don't know, is basically a, a, a land grab game with a slight difference. The main difference is being that um, the races that you play at all have special skills, they're randomised, and there's a, a, a mechanic where you put your race into decline um, to change over your entire race with special powers for a new special race. It's basically played over a certain number of rounds. At the end of each round, depending on how much land you hold... You get points. Um, and whoever has the most points after X number of rounds is the winner. Key part being, of course, that the map is... So in the in the box, you get um, two boards double-sided. And each board is designed to accommodate X number of players. Key point being, it's a small world, mm-hmm. right? So there is not enough space on the board for you to just grab empty land all the time. You're going to very quickly come to blows with the opposition. Small world underground. Underworld? Underground? Underground. underground. See? Damn it. I hope you even checked the box beforehand and I still got it right. You got it and right and then wrong then right again, but that's okay. <laughs> it's better than when I said Sushi Go Underworld because that doesn't exist. <laughs> Evil Sushi. Not yet. Some, someone's listening and they've just gone, holy shit, that yeah. is a fucking idea. Well, that's Game Rights next, <laughs> next venture in the Sushi Go path. Peyton Penning, hippiegames.com.au. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, Small, Small World Underground is basically the... Um, the dark version, if you like. It's exactly the same game with all new races, all new skills, and a unique map. Hmm. Um, I was actually... Someone asked me the other day if you could com- combine the two copies. And I was thinking, well, you can't, because some of the stuff like um, the farmers, the humans in Small World, 
get a point bonus for every bit of farmland they yeah, conquer. Yeah, so there's, there's too there's many, no there's too many terrain based abilities to do that. Well, I was thinking that some of them would cross over. Like you could get that dragon Water special abilities. skill. Yeah, you throw it in. But a lot of the, a lot of the races are tied to very specific terrains in that variant of the game. Yeah, but I think you could you could. But to me, this one and the original both feel very balanced the way now, they are. What would be cool is playing two side by side, two boards, two races, two games. Effectively, small world. Wow, you need a lot of. But but where, no one would where, conquer the but land where, in the other world. But where ter- no, but where terrains permit. You know, uh, say water-based terrain; mm. those could cross over on the board. I don't know. That's a terrible. You're an idiot. I'll get better <laughs> after my second beer. <laughs> well, these come in. So, four talk packs. me through this. Talk me through this. Well, you um, played it with me. No, no, not through the game. Through oh. the thinking behind, because you said you've been wanting this game for a long time. The thing is, you've had Small World for a long time. Yeah. And so when I bought when the game, playing yeah. Underground, I didn't see a huge difference than Small World. Just different races, different board, but same game. Yeah, so, and poorer instructions. <laughs> as it turns out, slightly poorer instructions. So, oh, At least actually, the, the cheat to, cards were a little yeah. bit... Yeah, so to clarify that, every so Days of Wonder do a fantastic job with their games. They give mm. you five tribes, do it, ticket to ride, small world. They all give you these cheat sheets which tell you the information you need to know at a glance in order to make sure that you're concentrating on your strategy and not flicking through rule books trying to read stuff. Problem with Small World Underground is that the cheat sheets didn't have enough information and Dan uh, or Tim had their nose in the instruction book almost every time a new race came out. And it was only an extra line or two in the instructions. I don't yeah. understand why... The cheat sheets were just a little too brief or ambiguous. But they didn't need to be ambiguous. No, they it's didn't. like the no. same paragraph had been written by two separate people. Still, yeah. Again, don't get me wrong, still a great game. It's just you need to have, for the first times you're playing it, until you understand how they work. Mm. Um, but I mean, I can't remember if I did that with Small World either. I might. The first time I played with Small World, I did mm. because the mechanic is, you know, well, the mechanics in that game are, are pretty unique. So um, at least you didn't do what Tim did. <laughs> and while I was explaining the rules, he wasn't listening because he was reading through the sheet to come up with what uh, what army you wanted. He says, "Right, I'm going to have." Uh, Magic halflings. Yeah, <laughs> and then then he, then he realizes that all the races are completely randomly yeah, drawn and drawn at random. Anyway, sorry, to... what was your question? So my question was that given that it's pretty much an identical game, just you know, all the varied is the races and the the terrain. Mm-hmm. Well, what was the attraction in getting a second copy, or you know, a copy of the an alternative edition like that? Because to well, me, it's just it's... the same game. Yeah, so it is. Hmm. So I love Small World, as you know. So shortly I. after you played yeah. it, you went and bought it. And I Absolutely. tried to encourage you to buy Underworld, Underground, because yeah. you live over the road. And I thought, it's silly <laughs> both of us having the same version. I thought, that way, yeah. I can see what it's like. I never bought it for yeah. that reason. Gotcha. Because I'm like, I've already got Small World. I'd probably prefer to buy one of the 17,000 expansions for it, like Realms mm. or... Um, some of the other ones that just well, that's, add new races. And to be honest, that's, that's what's behind my question because there are expansions for yeah. the base game that would add well, to they, it. Well, they add to either. So Grand Dames oh, okay. adds to either. They're not terrain-based. They're, yep. I think, yeah, most of them. There's one, where, there's one really cool one where when they die, you actually take all the dead ones and you make a tower. Oh, it's really? A, one really strong tower <laughs> like for that guy's in the Yeah, so you're not losing <laughs> that. But, yeah. Um, so I always thought that if I expanded, and I did, I bought Leaders of Small World and uh, Tales and something else of Small World. I, yep. I haven't played that one yet. It's just a deck of cards. Right. Um, but I bought some of the expansions, and, and 
it's a $75 game. Mm. Unless you go to Hibby Games this week, <laughs> where it's 10% off until Sunday. And next week, sneak peek, we're going to have Greed on sale. So I'm putting that up. Anyway. Can't um, rate that game high enough. <laughs> um, the reason I didn't buy it was just because it's a $75 game that I yeah. thought is a variant of what I already have. And I hadn't yet got sick of playing small. Mm. Like, there always comes a point where I'm going to know all the pieces and all that sort of stuff and I will want a whole new version of Small World without just adding to my existing. Yep. That, that appeal was always going to be there but I hadn't reached the point where I'm like, yeah, I've played enough of that Small World. I want, I yeah. want to play more but I want something different. You know? And look, to be honest, since I bought it, I've probably only played half a dozen games. So, well, people in your house play. No one in my house likes yeah. it. Yeah. Well, the, the beauty of that is, though, that um, because you, you're mixing up the races and the special powers every time, mm. it is always a different game with different opponents. Yeah. Um, and that's, but you that's, do get to a point where there's oh, a no doubt. number yeah, of... No doubt. You'll, and you'll instinctively know what each special power does and what each race can do, and then it just becomes a... a, a that's when the game becomes mechanical and not enjoyable. Mm. Um, so at that point, yeah, I might be looking for variations too. Well, mm. that's where I think that the um, add-ons will work well as yep. well because they increase that variety. Um, and I even noticed that when we were playing Underground, by the end of the game, we just reached the bottom of the, the race deck. Yeah. And so we were going to have to shuffle the three or four that were left. There weren't enough races in the base game to... Eat. I think you need that expansion to add a few more races to mm. either version of the game. It but, is only a five-player game, though, too. When, you know, when you're in five-player mode, what do you get, like eight turns or something? So... Yeah, you know, but you're also... It feels like it's not long enough, but then we all put races in a climb at least once, if not twice. Yeah, but then you're reshuffling the... Hmm. Like there's only 10 races. So everyone gets one and then the other yeah. five are up. And then it's whatever people have discarded that are... Shuff- I don't know. But to answer your question, why did I buy it? Was that your question? Well, why, yeah. Well, no, why did you want it so much? Oh, okay. Yeah. You're saying it was one that you'd always wanted. And- yeah, but well, that's why. Yeah. And the reason I bought it was... Well, I didn't buy it. Um, I stole it. Uh, no, I didn't steal it. <laughs> I didn't steal it. I didn't steal it. News um, just in, a new proprietor of hubegames.com.au. <laughs> yeah. So I've got two games in my collection that I don't like. One is Firefly Fistful of Credits, and the other is uh, Dead Zone. Yeah. And I just jumped on a Facebook group, a, a board game traders Facebook group, and I put both of them up with there with screenshots. My Firefly, which no one's interested in, the same. Um, hasn't gone and yeah. half of the chips are still in their punch boards I've barely played the thing right mm. um, Dead Zone a guy jumped on and said I oh, do you want to trade and he gave me a whole list of games bang there was Small World Underworld and I'm yeah. like well I can get rid of this and get a game $85 that game yeah. that I don't like that I've yeah. had sitting on the shelf for a year and a half for a game that I've always wanted yeah it's a no brainer yeah, yeah at that point I yeah. knew that I wasn't going to dislike it and I definitely didn't dislike it yeah. loved the game very good um, so, on the weekend, yep. actually, just um, to clarify, we, we did actually just play that on the weekend at the Another Dungeons Games Day, mm. um, where we also played two of the other, all three of the other games we're going to talk about today, actually. Yeah, absolutely, yep. Um, but you played this one with, uh, with, Glenn. with Glenn, and it's yeah. one we talked about I played it with Glenn, and then ago. I played another game with Glenn and Christian. Oh, really? Yeah, so Christian... On the, on the same weekend? Yeah, Christian joined oh, wow. us, and we, we ended up playing two games of that. Uh, oh, actually, it might have been the one game Glenn and I were setting up and then Christian joined us 
and we decided to join join him in straight away. It must have been after started. he kicked our asses at Sushi Go and yeah. after he kicked our asses at <laughs> Castle Panic. He had a good weekend, didn't he? Not bad oh, for Lily a 10-year-old. kicked his ass at a ticket to ride, so oh, well, she was go. holding up my side <laughs> of the road. <laughs> um, so Star Trek Panic, I, I went into it thinking, okay, great, so Star Trek theme. And we had this conversation about mm. Castle Panic and, and theming of, of variants and things like that. So here I was thinking, well, it's just going to be another tower defence with pretty much Star Trek themes. And, you know, it's going to be all about Kirk and frigging Klingons. Um, Geez, was I surprised. Mm. They have modified the mechanic absolutely perfectly to suit the theme. Yep. So we've discussed Castle Panic, so I won't cover old ground. But um, the differences are that um, there are now, it's this mission-based play. Uh, So we did the beginner variant, which is instead of five missions, there's only two that you have to complete. Um, but obviously each mission um, has a set of requirements to achieve. That's what makes it a mission. Uh, <laughs> oddly enough, uh, each mission obviously has a reward if you complete it. But most importantly, each mission has a turn counter or a uh, effectively a limited number of turns within which to achieve it. So one of the, the in the beginner variant, one mission is five turns, one is three turns. So it makes so for a reasonably quick the, game. The lore of it, like you've got to rescue scientists from a space yeah, station so, before it explodes. Yeah, one of the missions was a uh, it was uh, an abandoned ship, or no, it wasn't abandoned. It was um, uh, it was floating in space, um, and the idea was to rescue the, the people on board. Um, but all the while, um, there's uh, enemies appearing at, at you know various ranges. Mm-hmm. So instead of um, instead of like Castle Panic, where you've got soldiers. Uh, knights and archers you've got short range medium range long range yeah same thing essentially Um, but here's the cool change in the mechanic Mm. Um, because instead of all monsters or all enemies let's just use that term um, approaching (laughs) one per turn certain things don't actually move each turn what actually makes those things come closer is it's, it's all about relative space so part of the turn order is that you perform a maneuver with the enterprise that's in the center of the board now, that manoeuvre can either be to move forward one click, if you like, in range, which technically actually brings all the other ones in by one. It stays in the centre of the board Sorry, physically. You just reminded me of... What's the dude's name in Futurama? Bender? What? No, no, the alien guy. I am oh, from the planet. Yeah. Omicron um, Percy I-8. I can't remember. Yeah, uh, do you remember the Space Invaders one? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's <laughs> killing us. Increase speed. Drop one level. <laughs> Sorry, when you, when yeah, you're so, saying that, yeah. so you can either move the Enterprise forward one <laughs> one range unit or whatever, which yeah. actually brings even the non-moving units forward by one, keeping in mind that at the end of the turn, the enemies that do move forward by one are going to move that extra space again. So, oh, so they still move. What about... Does, so, so, for instance, one of the missions was yeah. uh, a ship that was uh, you know no power and you've got to rescue them. It's out at long range. It doesn't move during the entire mission. But if you've got enemies that are within... Um, the same, um, so it was uh, it was based on faces of the ship. I think it was called faces. Well, it's six sides, right? So theoretically, you'll have three that are in front of you and three that are behind. Well, no, there's actually two in front, two on the side, and two at the back. But if That's you the, move forward, if you move forward, only two faces technically get closer. And the two behind. What happens to the, the one on the side? Those, they they don't move. Around? None of those move. So oh, really? yeah, okay. they've conveniently sort of left that out. And they just said no, no. Only the front faces are affected if you move. However. One of the other manoeuvres you can do, and you can only do one manoeuvre per player turn, is to turn the ship clockwise or counterclockwise one space, one, or, one oh, space wow. or one side of the hexagon. 
which meant that there was an element of orienting the ship as well as moving the ship to mm. get to your objective and or, um, you know, blast others. Um, so that was awesome. That was just, that was instantly a, a new way of doing things that, that really appealed. Um, the other thing that I liked was that there was, um, and it was really strong with the law, that you had a mix of cards in front of you that you could play, just like you did you do in regular Castle Panic. Um, but those cards could either be credits to complete a mission. So let's say you had one of the cards you had in front of you was Scotty. He would give you an engineering credit. And the mission, oh, okay. you, your mission, one of your mission requirements might be that you need to give a command credit and an engineering credit as well as rescue that ship or whatever. So there was an element of, do I use this, do I use my Scotty card who lets me rebuild a shield straight away or do I cash it in for the credit to finish the mission but not repair wow, that shield? so you get dual uses. That's well, yeah, you get one of either, two. Either or the, yeah. Yeah, it's an either, either or. or. The no, thing, you know the thing is that... <laughs> You could either sit and go, holy shit, we can finish this mission. Ooh, but we're three shields down. I could really do with repairing a shield right now. Yeah, you know, we've got this time it's a gamble. to... Well, it's, it is yeah. and it isn't, right? So keeping in mind that just like with regular Castle Panic, those enemies encroach by one space each turn. So um, it, was, it was sufficiently <laughs> different that it was actually an interesting new game, mm. but still... A lot of the castle panic mechanics that have felt familiar. Yeah, well, that's it. That's that, really, that really well it done. It's castle panic. Yeah, right? it's yeah. still a castle panic game. Yep. it's actually it's still tower defense, but yeah, there's there's mechanics that make it fit the the theme or the genre of Star Trek. Yeah, and it worked See, I knew there were missions, but yeah. I didn't realize that it they worked really, really well. So, so can you still win by exhausting the enemies, or do the missions have a fail? Um, um, no. So 